0: What's up, African sports fans? I'm Coach Sizi. Today, we're in Dallas, Texas, to sit down with Nghazi Amamede. She was a major part in creating history in Africa. She's one of three women to put Nigeria and Africa as a whole on the map in the sport of bobsledding. She let me know all about her Nigerian upbringing in Mesquite, Texas, and how it's catapulted her to an Olympic career. And now she's even using that angelic voice to launch an RB career. Check it out right here. Nigeria represented at the Winter Olympic Games for the very first time. What does it mean to you to be a part of African history?
1: Every year it starts to transform and feel a little different. Our last race for me was just super emotional because just looking back on like where we started Mm -hmm. to like crossing the finish line, everything kind of came full circle. So for me, that was like the biggest thing
0: What's going on, Africans & Sports fans? We're back with another one. I'm your host, Chris kosizi Strawn, and today we're coming to you from the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas, to be exact. Today's guest is a major part of putting Africa in the history books. One of three women to put Nigeria on the map in the sport of bobsledding. Welcome to the show, N'Gazi I'm
1: What's happening, y'all?
0: What's good, girl? That's good.
1: I said it right. Yeah, yeah. I'm a mad ass. See, I said that makes you real when you say mm-hmm. it with an accent. You got to come know. correct. You got to come know. correct.
0: We ain't playing out here. You know. Welcome to
1: the Dallas, Texas. Thank
0: you, thank you. I like Dallas. I like the big city vibe. I just I feel like I'm growing on Texas. I'm a New York guy, but Texas showed me love. So I like that. You know, it.
1: they say everything's bigger here, so it really is true. I could agree with that. I really could agree is with true. That. Yeah. Born and raised there. I was born and raised here, so Mesquite, Texas. You mm-hmm. know, everybody has this thing about saying, like, if you're from Mesquite, you actually have to say Mesquite versus Dallas, Texas. But I was born here, born and raised, uh, did every sport in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just went on from there. I love it. My childhood.
0: What does it mean to you to be a part of African history?
1: You know, every year it starts to transform and feel a little different Mm -hmm. um as we were going through it i knew it was like a monumental moment but it just didn't feel like it yet Mm -hmm. um i think it came full circle when we started to see like little girls come up to us and say like oh you're my idol and stuff like that you're my icon um that's when it really started to ring true but like I think the years after that, when you get back into your everyday life, that's when it starts to ring like, oh, wow, this really was history, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. So So, what does it mean for you to be that, that person that young girls can look up to in that, in that aspect?
1: Man, um, that right there was pretty much why we did it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me specifically, that was like my highlight. Um, just knowing that I could be someone that I didn't necessarily have growing up. Um, even going into Bobsled, I didn't even know what the sport was. So <laughs> to have that representation there, you know, for little kids to look up to and know what the sport is and mm-hmm. just really start to invoke those thoughts like, okay, you can make up something too and be good at it. Like nobody in Nigeria knew what Bobsled was and now you know, it's pretty much a national sport. People know about it. I remember people were calling it bob Sledge at first. Oh, wow. <laughs> so now you can actually go to Nigeria and people are like, oh, yeah, bobsledge. We know it. The three girls. They wow, did it, right?
0: Wow. Okay. So take me back to Mesquite. All the way back. Let's talk you about know. just the Nigerian roots of you growing up here in Texas.
1: Yeah. So it was interesting in that... Me and Sean always talk about this too in Oklahoma. We, growing up here in the States, it was unique in that like you just had a taste of Nigeria. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily like you were there. So for me, I was always Nigerian first in the household. And then when I walked out, I was American. Mm-hmm.
0: She said the same uh, thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we talk about <laughs> that all the time, just uh, being engulfed in like eating the food and talking the language and stuff like that. I won't say I, I learned all the bad words first in <laughs> Eva. <laughs> but uh, she was the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, just having that, and just my parents raising me Nigerian first, and going out and feeling confident being Nigerian. I remember the mm-hmm. times where people called you African booty scratchers and yeah. we were kind of like not so proud of being Nigerian. And now we're in such a time where it's like a great time That's to be a good African, time right now. It sure is. and just the pride that I have. So having that upbringing just really you know, help me stay grounded in who I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, knowing that I come from somewhere, you know, right. just yeah. knowing that everybody's looking for a place to call home right. and knowing that I know my home, that's big.
0: Mm hmm. What was it like growing up as a first generation African, uh, Nigerian woman?
1: We as first generation um, individuals, we have something unique that nobody else has. Right. Like our people from back home, like literally they have that experience, but we have the experience of we can still call ourselves Nigerian, but we also know a whole different culture, a whole different world that makes us more relatable to other people too, so,
0: mm, yeah. You're so right about that. Yeah. You kind of get the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah, and I, I love that we're in such a time where you literally can just be yourself. There's not one definition of a Nigerian. There's not one definition of an African. We are who we are, and yeah. we're representing and presenting ourselves to the world yeah. um,
0: as we see it. Okay, Food. tell me about the parents. What, what made them come here?
1: um so fun funny story my dad came here he used to work for radio nigeria so he Mm -hmm. was did like talk shows and stuff like that he came here for school trying to do broadcasting and the first week he said that he came here He didn't know anything. He Mm -hmm. said that he didn't eat for a week, yo. I was like, how did you survive? He legitimately like got things out of the vending machine and (laughs) was eating stuff like that. And it was like, maybe this is American food. (laughs) And so um, contrary, my mom, she kind of had just been a world traveler. Like she's my goals, like Mm -hmm. to visit everywhere and like kind of get engulfed in the culture. Mm -hmm. My mom actually speaks both Yoruba and Ibo, So she was raised in Ibaran. Mm And then afterwards, she went to boarding school in English. So, once they both got here, they met each other, and that was it. That's all she wrote.
0: Take me back to the beginning of your sports journey. Where does it start?
1: So it started here in Mesquite, Mm -hmm. Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, I did basketball. I played basketball my whole Uh, life for the most part. So. Yeah, and I still hoop to this day. Okay. Like, I, I go in the gym and do some pickup Get games some with the guys. Up. Like, the guys will see me walk in and be like, oh, that pretty girl. I'm like, she ain't gonna do nothing. Nah, uh, am like, giving buckets, huh? Nah, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, wrap your ankles up. Um, but it started here in Dallas. I played basketball all the way up into my junior year in high school. And uh, one of my coaches was like, you should do track and field. And I was like, okay, that's cool as long as I don't have to run. Mm-hmm. I just was not one for the running and stuff like that, so they put me in the long jump and that year. I ended up actually making it to the regional meet, and for me, that was like big. At, at that time, like in high school, that was like my biggest faith move, like, oh, I'm leaving something that I knew and I was familiar with to mm-hmm. something like unfamiliar territory, so you can kind of say that that was kind of like a revisit with the bobsled thing. It's because I was leaving what I knew for the unknown territory, mm-hmm. um, but I ended up Competing in regionals, I ended up winning that meet and for me specifically. I had not really been on anybody's radar um, Athletically in terms of scholarships and that was my first opportunity where I I won it and people were kind of like Who's this girl? Like I haven't seen her at any of the meets prior than that. So that was the first time I really saw like sports could really happen for me um, Mm -hmm. And could really transform
0: into something bigger Take me to the University of Houston and just that whole experience of running track. How'd that, how'd that go?
1: It was interesting in that I was recruited for long jump, but I never did long jump. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up becoming a sprinter. So I did that for some time. My first two years there were pretty rough in the transition. And I didn't really know if I had made a good decision at that point because mm-hmm. I was kind of like, well, I switched to this whole new sport. Didn't really know like if it was gonna be successful. Then my junior year again, lucky number three. Junior year, I had a year that pretty much took off, um, and went to the NCAA finals and started to see, you know, that sports could be a thing again. So I always had those moments where it was like, am I supposed to be in this space or am I supposed to be a doctor? Am I supposed to be a lawyer? Am I supposed to just focus on my studies? Granted, both of them are important. Mm -hmm. Um, but university of Houston really gave me a groundwork to start pushing through things and Mm -hmm. then helping me understand the new levels of sports. Like High school, I would say, was more so just understanding the sport in general and that it could get me to the next level. College was more so giving me the groundwork to be successful as a professional athlete.
0: So do you feel like the sprinting helped you in bobsledding?
1: Oh, for sure. It's all speed, all speed. One thing I would say is track and field athletes do so well in bobsled because of that speed aspect and the agility aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, not too many athletes can go into a sport and have that agility also with the forward motion that you need mm-hmm. to be a brake woman or break men. Um, but overall, yeah, and then just the discipline. I feel like every sport that comes in a bobsled after that, just having discipline, right. doesn't matter what sport you come from, if you have that discipline, if you have like the regimen to be successful, continue to just hack away at it, you'll get there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Hard work, dedication.
1: Yeah, that's what At what point
0: did you realize that you can be a professional athlete?
1: I don't think I ever realized that, to Mm. be honest. (laughs) It was just kind of like really just, you know, one step after the other, and it just started to organically lead to that. Um, But I will say it was probably always an aspiration, but did I ever feel comfortable in that space? No. And I think that, also, not feeling comfortable in that space, continue to help me better myself. I was never complacent. I always felt like the underdog that mm-hmm. I had to be better, had to get it. better every day. Mm, so. You got a
0: dog in you. You, you know, pretty, you should be competitive at everything, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Pretty much, like I can tell. literally
1: cooking pancakes. Who gonna cook the best pancake? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the African Games uh, where you competed in the world relays. Oh yeah, what did that mean for you to compete? For Nigeria in that in that way like that's big time
1: man it had been that was like the grand finale it was the grand finale for me um, because it had been a long season and it was kind of just like okay we're here now like this is your first time it's your big debut I was kind of bummed in that I was not completely healthy when competing but nonetheless just honored to represent Nigeria I think anytime you step out and you're representing For me, Nigeria, it's huge because not too many people get to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's always a good opportunity for us to just bring positivity back to Nigeria. I think oftentimes we hear so many negative things about Nigeria and Nigeria sports. So Mm -hmm. just knowing that Anytime I'm represented, you're going to hear positive things about the country, even though there are still things we need to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a good start is just making that message positive so we can start the conversation behind the scenes.
0: We got to keep it positive at all times.
1: Yeah, yeah. The world is watching.
0: For real. Literally. And it's such a negative place. We need to shine some light in it.
1: Yeah, and Africa is such a a place of progressiveness in Mm -hmm. this day and age where like... Not necessarily just America is looking at it, but other countries are looking at Africa. And, like, we were talking about the initiative of, like, moving back to Africa now. All of those things um, pushing towards, like, making Africa a better place. So the change starts with us.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, you competed with some pretty big-time people on that team who have big names out in Nigeria. Yeah. What was it like for you as an American being a part of that?
1: It was interesting in that being um, just from the diaspora Just trying to make sure that we bridge the gap between athletes home and um, abroad. That's always been a really big thing for me and just helping us understand each other because I think athletes that live back home sometimes think that we're very different, but we're actually very similar in that we just really love culture. Mm -hmm. Um, We really love Nigeria. We really want to bring a positive light back to Nigeria. So just having that background and seeing how people were born, um, seeing like what, things they had to go through to get to that position that they're in now, that was always a good, you know, groundwork for me to mm. just be able to
0: see. Tell me back to take me back to your relationship with Shayun. You guys go back, we talked about Houston, but what's that dynamic like between you guys?
1: Yeah, so it was unique in that in high school, for me, it was a really scary time for me to go to college and not know exactly if I was going to know anyone there. Mm -hmm. Um, So Sean being that point of contact for me and my family kind of just gave us, you know, a really sense of just being calm about going to college and transitioning in and then also having that mentorship aspect throughout college. Um, So that, it was interesting in that, like, throughout college, it was almost like a mentor-mentee type of relationship, but after that we became more so friends Mm -hmm. Um, so that seeing that transition was super amazing Um, and then bobsled only expanded upon
0: that what was she like as a coach was she tough or was she more of like the players coach type
1: so she didn't coach me directly but she was um, a part of the sprint side of things Mm -hmm. so for the most part for me I know for myself, I would just go to her to complain, for the most part. <laughs> so, like, she was the listening ear for me. Yeah. Um, the person that would always bring it back to, like, okay, this is why you're here. This is the purpose. You might be going through this. But let's get always goal-oriented so she could always see and look past, like, what I was going through at that time and see and encourage me to be the best that I could be, regardless mm-hmm. of
0: that. What was the conversation like when she came to you and said, we're about to put on this Bob seventeen from Nigeria. Are you down?
1: Yeah, so she actually came to me and was like, we usually used to have like annual yearly meetings or whatever Mm -hmm. after I graduated college. So she came to me and was like, hey, we're gonna have dinner or whatever. Funny thing is we showed up to that dinner and I actually have the picture. We showed up to that dinner and we had the same exact clothes on. Like we had a black shirt on, um, maroon pants and like literally had on the same clothes. (laughs) And during that meeting, we had had that meeting. And then the next day after she texted me, I think it was either a text or a call, but she literally was like, what do you think about a uh, bobsled team? And I was like, what, what is that? Like first and foremost, I was like, what is that? And I was like, she's like, well, we're getting ready to introduce it. And I remember two years prior, we had met with the pre- president of the Federation at the time and we're talking about bobsled and he was laughing at it because he was just kind of like, uh, I don't even know what that is or if Nigerians would be interested. Yeah. So to see that two years later come full circle, um, that was amazing in itself. and. You know we kind of just talked through it i remember we also had so we had two meetings initially before starting the train mm-hmm. um so the second one we had a meeting where i actually met Aquama at her house and it mm-hmm. was kind of like our official meeting we made this video where we we're like we're actually doing this y'all That's we're gonna crazy. be the boss of that team so you know it's interesting
0: wow and just through all this this whole experience you guys got to go on ellen I love Ellen. Like, I want to yeah. go out there and dance with Ellen. I see yeah. you popping, doing your thing.
1: Like, what's that? <laughs> no, it was me. I was an encourager now.
0: <laughs> what's but, that like being on Ellen?
1: Man, I was... That moment. Because um, I watched the Ellen show. So, for mm-hmm. me, that was, like, really just a moment where everything kind of came full circle. I was like, I watched this lady every day. For real. And, like, now I'm on her show. <laughs> yeah. And so, for me... And Sean and them will tell you, like, behind the stage, I was kind of like, they are like, God, she's the one that loves Ellen. Like, she's, you're going to be on the show now. And I was just kind of like, just quiet in awe, like, taking in the moment. Mm -hmm. I remember backstage, we met Tiffany Haddish, too. So just seeing that, like, all the transitions of what it takes to bring the show, put the show on, and then, like, that five minutes... For the most part, we only got to talk to Ellen for five minutes. Yeah. But that five minutes was like, oh, I'm man. here, you yeah, know? So <laughs> for
0: real. I'm sure the whole fan back home was yeah. watching that. Yeah,
1: and I love how we just stayed authentic. Like, every media outlet that we ever did, for the most part, it was just mm-hmm. giving you guys ourselves. Yeah, you, you have know? to. It's
0: important. Yeah, and
1: just having that balance. Being an introvert, sometimes I have the ability to turn it on and I'm off. off. Yeah. So, like, when people meet me sometimes behind the scenes, they're like, oh, she's actually really quiet. And yeah. then, like... Sometimes in front of the camera I'm like, I don't know, it just depends on the day that you meet me. So like, mm-hmm. just knowing that that Ellen experience was super authentic is really special, it's special a big, to me. It's
0: a big time high. Yeah. Give me some more of the highs and lows of this Olympic journey that you guys were on.
1: So I'm always a sucker to start with the positives. Okay. Our last race for me was just super emotional because just looking back on like where we started mm-hmm. to like crossing the finish line, everything kind of came full circle. So for me, that was like the biggest thing. Another high for me was going back to Nigeria and visiting a charter school Mm. and like just seeing how excited the kids were to see like me, somebody from Dallas, Texas, that's a normal girl that just had a vision that acted upon it. Um, That was a big thing for me. And then also just having more opportunity to go back to like nigeria go home you know i think a lot of times we don't have those opportunities so like to know that within a year i was visiting frequently and like being able to actually call it my home that was a highlight for me Hmm. and then for the negatives there's always negatives i just think that the learning curve was really vicious in that like you know you got to learn it Mm -hmm. it's a new sport it's not going to be easy to learn um, you're gonna have injuries. Injuries is a really big thing for track and field athletes. Coming from uh, track and field to bobsled, we're usually underwe- uh, underweight. So I had quite a few injuries during the season. Um, and then that's probably the only downside I would mm-hmm. have. I think any experience you're gonna have negatives and right. positives, but I think here the positives outweigh the negatives.
0: What are some of those lessons that you had to learn?
1: just be adaptable. Mm -hmm. And I'm using that to this day. Like just learn how to adapt. Like not everything is going to have a blueprint, but if you have the mindset of just staying positive um, and staying teachable, Mm -hmm. um, you'll be able to get to your destination.
0: So what was it like right before the Olympics and you guys are getting ready to push that sled? What's that feeling like?
1: It was surreal. Like literally to the point where I kind of felt like it was outer body Mm -hmm. like literally as I was pushing the sled I was like I'm here Mm -hmm. and usually for me like when I'm competing I usually as odd as it sounds I really don't think i become a machine for the most part I just go Mm -hmm. you know but for the first time I remember the last time we were going down and I still remember it to this day like how it felt kind of like just that surreal moment where you hear people cheering and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, we're actually here. Mm-hmm. And like the lights and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember Sean was like, let's go. And I was like, okay, we it's time. Baby, as soon go. as I heard that let's go, it was like. This is it. Focused.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah. That's so cool Yeah. to be able to experience that, to have the whole fan watching in Texas and in Nigeria. Yeah. And so, not man, even yeah. just
1: that, like around the world.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't tell
1: you how many like messages I got during that time where wow. I was like, Oh, you locked into? Like mm-hmm. Australia, That's crazy. all types of stuff. Yeah. Wow. What a feeling. Man. It's a feeling like a once in a lifetime feeling. Mm-hmm. I know people say that all the time, but I think that, that was just that experience and it will never be, I'll never be able to live that type of experience again. Yeah. Maybe it'll happen in other ways, yeah. but another I'm like, form, but in other like forms, not like that. Yeah. I could imagine. Yeah.
0: I want to talk music.
1: I've always loved music, and I think part of what Bobsled has done for me is allowed me to be very fearless. Mm. Um, With music, there was always a lot of fear around it in that, like, oh, is my sound going to be accepted, or where do I fit in here? But that's the thing. I don't think we have to fit in. Like, Mm. you create your own avenues. You create your own sound. So, like, for music, for me, it's always been a very, like, secure outlet for everything that I do. And mm-hmm. even like my first album that I actually released, the EP that was directly after the Olympics, cause I just kind of was like, how do I put this experience in words? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I tell people how I actually feel and what I was going through without actually having to say it? And that's singing. Wow. Yeah.
0: You know, I'm not gonna let you get out of here unless you sing a tune for me, right?
1: Ah, oh, man. You got to.
0: Let me hear something, man. Cause I right. We gotta let them know that they gotta check this out. We gotta want to download and stream all of her music. She about to give y'all a little taste. Let's hear something. For
1: sure. So, this is my, my single that I just released called Waves. Let's hear um, it. Waves. You will light the waves from the sea and a breeze. From the ocean occurring in the wave you are a mystery to some degree by how you flow a mystery that's known to me because now i know by you i need security Ooh.
0: <laughs> what? You know, something slight works.
1: Something slight works. You got
0: like that flowery tree voice. You know? Ooh. You like it? I like it. Who would
1: you say it sounds like? I man. always get different sound I
0: hear a little, man, just from the jump, I don't know why I felt Jill Scott. What? Yeah. Okay.
1: That's an honor.
0: With the That's Jill my girl, Scott girl
1: Jill Scott. Nice airy now.
0: voice and oh yeah. your voice sounds like an instrument.
1: You, oh really? Yes. Well, you know what they say? Voices are instruments. So. Man, girl,
0: you can sing.
1: Thank you. Wow. Yeah. You gonna hit a note for me
0: though? Oh I Alright i like stevie i love stevie i can't say
1: i hey, don't know I heard, I heard the
0: octave though. i heard the octave <laughs> man you did your yeah. thing i'm definitely listening we gotta make sure everybody checks you out that was amazing girl
1: appreciate it
0: so right now you're on a you're on a music journey
1: yeah okay and i'm just gonna let it organically happen i think that the yeah. beauty in life is like God gives us the ability to create, whether that's in sports, whether Mm -hmm. that's in music, whether that's being a businesswoman, entrepreneur, um, and just having, you know, that outlet, having Mm -hmm. that outlet and seeing where it goes. And so I think everything's a journey.
0: It sure is. You're an amazing one. And I'm a fan. I'm going to keep checking you out. I'm going to check out your music. Make sure you tell them where they can find that right there.
1: You know, so... Apple Music, Spotify. My new single waves just came out January thirty first, um, and you can also stream that old EP called "Mindless Thoughts." Still good. It's never old. Always new. Refreshing. Um, can't wait for you guys to hear it.
0: That's the amazing, amazing <laughs> Mgazi. Y'all make sure y'all check her out.
1: What's the last name though?
0: I'm Woolworth.
1: Ah, oh, oh you slipped on this side. Ah! You slipped on ah! this side. I'm, I'm Woolworth. I'm man. I'm
0: in. I'm Umede.
1: See, there you go. I'm Umede. Yeah.
0: There it is. Gold to the ear. Gazi, <laughs> I'm in. I'm Coach This is African <laughs> Sports, baby. We out of here.